We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. First off, I want to remind everybody, because it's been a little while, that we do release all of our talks on on Thursday. On Thursday, yes, but also as a podcast, uh, because I've had several people that have started watching our videos. Uh, In fact, one of our recent videos, we had lots more views on than usual, and they wanted to know if they could take it with them. So we do release it on podcast through uh, Stitcher and through... Yeah, and you're going, you don't care. But it's if you've got an Android or if you've got a Mac device, an Apple device, you can get our talks on podcast as well. This is TechnoJed over here. Anyway, let's go ahead. All right, so <coughs> on to the question for the week. Here we go. Uh, the question for this week comes from a very small book in the Bible. It's the next to last one in the New Testament, the way that we currently have our Bible arranged. But it boiled down to there was a quote in the book of Jude that seems to be pulling from a book that doesn't exist in the Bible. Again, kind of according to the way that we have ours laid out. So what's up with this quote about a guy named Enoch? All right. Everybody turn your Bibles to Jude, verse 14. Okay. And I'm going to read, after you look up Jude, verse 14... I'm going to read from the Jewish intertestamental book, the book of Enoch, and I'm reading 1 Enoch chapter 1, verse 9. But you all out there, look at Jude 14. 1 Enoch 1, 9 says, And behold, he cometh with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to destroy all the ungodly, and to convict all flesh of all the works of their ungodliness, which they have ungodly committed, and of all the hard things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. That's fourteen fifteen here so, in Jude. <clears throat> so it looks to me like, and it probably looks to you like, uh-huh. that what I read from the intertestamental book of Enoch is what Jude quotes in Jude 14 and 15. Yep. <clears throat> all right, so Jude quoted from this book of First Enoch. Jude uh, was a brother of Jesus. He and uh, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. By the way, the, the uh, first word in the book of Jude is Judas. Mm. And it, see, Judas. Mm-hmm. And his name was Judas, just like Judas Iscariot. But since we don't like Judas Iscariot because he was bad, <laughs> we, we try to Jude. dissociate him from <laughs> Jesus' brother that had the same name. But anyway, <clears throat> Jude or Judas, one of Jesus' brothers, and he was well familiar, as were all people of that day, with this uh, intertestamental, uh, intertestamental literature. Hmm. You might notice down at Jude verse 9, <clears throat> read it there for us, uh, Jed. 
uh, verse mm-hmm. 9, but when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Now, we don't know anything about that incident um, of Michael uh, arguing with the devil about mm. the body of Moses uh, in um, uh, the Old Testament, but we have uh, some ancient writers, uh, notably Origen, who in his work De Principis quotes um, this passage and says that it's a reference to the Assumption of Moses, which was a book that we really don't know much about. Hmm. <clears throat> and we only know it really as far as the the book that would have this account yeah. through the writings of Clement and Origen and Didymus and other ancient fathers. So there must have been a book like that that this cites. However, Jude, being a prophet of God, cites this as something that happened, and we have no no doubt, you know, that, that it did, hmm. but he seems to be using that literature. So we, we get the same question here of why would an inspired writer yes. use or quote uninspired material? Because the Jews uh, and none of the New Testament writers accepted Enoch or the Apocalypse of Baruch or the Testaments of the Twelve Patriarchs or any of the other intertestamental uh, intertestamental literature as inspired scripture, though Mm -hmm. there are many good and true statements in those books. It's just like a book that someone might write today that has a lot of good in it, but it's not inspired prophecy. So he calls this guy in Jude 14, he calls him Enoch the seventh from Adam, which was the pen name, uh, just sort of like Mark Twain was a pen name for Samuel Clemens, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> it was the pen name of this guy that wrote this pseudepigraphical, meaning written under a pen name book. Okay. <laughs> during during the uh, intertestamental period. So what so he's not, basically saying... He's not saying that he's actually Enoch, <clears throat> the seventh of Adam, that's writing this book. It's, no, he's not okay. saying that the actual Enoch that lived back in the time of Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, yeah. is writing the book of Enoch. Everybody knew the book of Enoch was written long after the mm-hmm. book of Malachi, long you know before the book of, of uh, Matthew. It was written in the intertestamental or early part of the first century. Okay. So... Um, <clears throat> Anyway, why does Jude use this? Well, right. it's it's very popular Jewish literature, and he's showing that this popular Jewish writer said something that is really true. That is, that the Lord is going to come. So are you saying that the book of Jude has a pop culture reference in it? Sure, <laughs> as do other books. Ah. For example, in, in um, um, Acts uh, 17... Yes. <clears throat> Okay. And if you'll go down to about verse 28 or so, read there. Uh, For in him we live and move and have our being, and even some of your poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. So there, um, Paul quotes a pagan poet that we don't think was inspired by God at all, but the pagan poet said something that was true, and so Paul uses that current literature of the Greek people to Hmm. say, look, he said something that was true. We are really God's offspring. Yeah. 
And so, <clears throat> if we are God's offspring, and God doesn't live in temples made with hands, and he made the world, then we shouldn't think God is like gold or silver or whatever. So just because something's quoted in a book in the Bible, it doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, that part has been cut out of the Bible. Yes. It's, it's much like we would do in, in our own writings and talks and discussions. We might reference things that make sense to our audience. Yes, and another problem that some people will point out here is in the first part of verse 14, he uses the verb prophesied. Mm-hmm. And prophecy usually means, in in many in most contexts, it usually means that a person is receiving direct revelations from God and giving those. It's an inspired thing. Yeah. yeah. However, <clears throat> there are cases I think where the word in the New Testament, depending on context, can be used to mean that somebody told God's truth, even though they weren't inspired when they said certain things. For <laughs> example. Okay. If you go back to John chapter 11, Gospel of John chapter 11, <clears throat> and you go down here to verse 47 beginning. This is after the raising of Lazarus when everybody was worried mm-hmm. that all the Jews were going to follow Jesus and the the Jewish leadership gets together and say, we gotta, we got to get rid of this Jesus because right. if we don't, everybody's going to believe on him. Start with verse 47 and read there a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's all right. Mm. So the chief priests and the Pharisees mm. gathered the council mm. and said, what are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for his people, not that the whole nation should perish. All right, stop right there. Now, what Caiaphas, who was a wicked and ungodly man, said there Mm -hmm. in verse 50, It is better for you that one man should die for the people and not the whole nation perish. Well, what he meant was, it's better that we kill Jesus... So the Romans won't come down here and kill all of us. Right. That's what he meant. Yeah. But John makes the comment in verse 51, this he said not from himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was about to die for the nation and not for the nation only, but that all the children of God that are scattered abroad might be gathered into one. Well, Caiaphas was not a prophet of God. But what John is saying is, unbeknownst to himself, the words that he spoke were a a deep truth. Hmm. And by saying it's better for the man, you know, for the nation that one man should die than that the whole nation perish. He was really expressing the redemptive plan of God, exactly. When when he's just thinking we need to get this guy to save ourselves. That's right. But yeah. he uses the word prophesied here to say hmm. he, he, unbeknownst to himself, told God's truth when he said this. Yeah, and so thinking back to this passage in Jude. Same, same, I think. He's saying there's a truth spoken here whether he realized it or not. That's right, and that is that hmm. one day the Lord, namely Jesus, uh, will, will come and, and he will render judgment to all hmm. the ungodly. Very interesting. Yeah. Jude's not a book I spend a lot of time in. I mean, no, it's not very, it's, it's not it's very long, but yeah, it's got some yep. interesting stuff in here. Yep. 
right. James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. Judas, not Iscariot. Right, Iscariot. Judas. So if we're really going to be correct, don't don't tell anybody this, but it's the book of Judas. Which just makes us feel weird. Let's don't say that, though. Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for going through that. And maybe that brings up some other questions y'all have or answers a few along the way. But thanks for those questions. Keep them coming. And hope y'all have a good week. See ya. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.